Hello, welcome to Eagle Tales, a podcast from the Central High School Foundation, keeping you connected to the nest through storytelling and original interviews. I'm your host, Josh Busey. Before we get started, though, a little bit about the foundation. We were established in 1996 to support present and future Central students. And today, we are even more committed to preserving the values of a Central High School education. The foundation supports the school through many activities, like building relationships with alumni, fundraising, student scholarships, teacher classroom grants, and more. We are proud of the accomplishments that our students, staff, and 35,000 alumni achieve every day. Your patronage not only supports Central, but also strengthens Eagle Nation. Visit our website to learn more at chsfomaha.org. It is my honor to introduce our guest for episode 10 of Eagle Tales, Janine Scott, who was a 1994 alumna of Central and a 2022 Hall of Fame inductee, will be joining me shortly. Scott has dedicated her career in the performing arts to increasing opportunity and diversity, currently doing that work on a national stage as the first director of equity, diversity, and inclusion for Broadway in New York. She currently is the chief diversity officer for Broadway. While at Central, Scott won a talent competition that took her to New York City for her first glimpse of Broadway. She went on to become an educator and human resources administrator, and also founded a nonprofit dance school to promote equity in the arts for Omaha youth. She worked as vice president of human capital and inclusion at Omaha Performing Arts, before the Broadway League in 2021 named her to lead its efforts to make New York's Broadway productions more diverse, both on and off the stage. Janine, welcome back to Omaha. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Josh. As our loyal listeners know, I always like to start out our episodes by asking our guests to introduce themselves. So Janine, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I like to identify myself as a equity warrior. This passion of mine for creating an equitable atmosphere actually started here at Central. So it's it's kind of a full circle moment for me. I am a mother of two and I am a arts lover. When you were here in Omaha, what schools did you attend besides Central? And did you have siblings that attended Central? So my legacy at Central actually starts with my grandfather and then my mother, and I actually ended up having her principal and English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we have a long history with, with uh, Central. Before that, I attended Lewis and Clark uh, Middle School. Elementary, I, I went to Lothrop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> long time ago. Old. Right, I'm not that old though. I should remember all my schools. Oh, and I attended uh, Yates. I don't know if Yates is around anymore. What do you remember about your time as a Central Eagle? Well, as a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely remember that. Uh, I remember that we were we were kicking butt and taking names on the football field. I back high at yeah. that time. Yeah. Yes, yes, and we had great, uh, great basketball team. We were, we were. Come on now, you know, we were excellent. <laughs> we soared, we soared high, right? Uh, and so I just I remember the the friendships that I've made that I actually still have to date, which is really wild. I also remember that being at Central, walking in the door, you can be intimidated. There's so many students, the school is so big, and you see this mix of people. 
I remember being like, oh, oh my. But I will say that everyone was generous, including the teachers. And I, I really found my voice at Central High. Was there a specific teacher or administrator who had an impact on your growth? There were several. Uh, and I actually, I'm, I'm going to mention this uh, at the induction ceremony tonight. Uh, Miss Farr, who is probably married by now. I think this was, she may have been her second year teaching at that time. I have, I have no idea, uh, but I know she was young and I, I, she asked us to go back in time and to think of a period that we would, um, we'd exist and to write about our experiences during that period of time. And I chose the 1960s because I wanted to, I wanted to make a change. I'd always been that kid and so I picked the 1960s. I turned in my paper. I was nervous because <laughs> I had no idea what, you know, her thoughts were because I, I talked about civil rights. I talked about the assassination of uh, Bobby Kennedy and how he had been here prior to that happening. And she gave me my paper back and I saw a lot of red ink. And back, that, back then it was lined paper. So like <laughs> the red ink would bleed through. And I was like, oh my gosh, she tore my paper up. And so I didn't even want to look over. So I looked at the very last page where they write the comments. And she told me that I didn't have to be born in the 1960s to make a change, that I could make a change here and I can make a change now. Wow. And so I was like, okay. And then I went, That's and then powerful. I flipped my paper over. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm summarizing, I mean, um, I'm paraphrasing what she wrote, but that's that's wow. what I took away from it. And then Mrs. Johnson and anyone who is, is, is class of 90 anything knows Mrs. Johnson because she had these furs and these diamonds and her cup of water, <laughs> her cup of ice water that you would hear. And she asked me to choreograph the Black History Program. So, I mean, there, Mrs. Martinez mm -hmm. was in child development. I don't, I don't know if she's still there either. But jo yeah. Jody Martinez? Yeah. Just I, wait, no, no. Different jo Martinez. Jody Farr. Oh, okay. Yes. She just retired. Did she? Oh my gosh. Well, mm -hmm. look at that. Yeah. When you were at Central, did you participate in the roadshow or anything like that? Because I know dance and not at, not at that time. I did not at that time. Um, you know, Central has come a long way. And I think during that period of time, whether perceived or, or real, there was a, a notion that there could only be a couple of us that would be allowed. And so I didn't buck that system. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to try. I don't want to see. And again, I, like I said, that could have been perceived. That could have been our perception. And, you know, perception becomes reality. So, no, I, I, I didn't. But I encourage if I could tell my younger self, mm, I would be sure. like, what's the worst that could happen? They say no, and it'd still be what it is. I wish I would have bucked that system a little. So you get your cap and gown, graduate. What's next? Where are you off to? I went to Florida A&M University, um, a historically black college and university, majoring in education. And I came back probably about a year or two later and went to the University of Nebraska in Omaha, where I finished off with a degree. Um, I graduated from the College of Education and Community Education, Physical Education, Health, Recreation, and Dance. 
Tell me a little bit more about the dancing. You said mm-hmm. you started your own nonprofit. Is that right? I did. I did. Uh, while I was here growing up, I had been a dancer. And let's let's be clear, you know, when pe- when you say Nebraska, people <laughs> do not think of anyone of color living here. I don't even think they think people live here, actually. They think they think of cows and <laughs> cornfields. <laughs> and yes. cornfields. Yes. But I'd always felt like I was the only I shouldn't say I felt I was, I was typically Mm. the only, and I didn't like that. I didn't Mm. like that feeling. Uh, There were, there are microaggressions that you experience when you're the only, and it's not that people don't know and don't, don't care to understand, but I didn't have the vocabulary that I have now where I could easily teach someone and say, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't feel good when you touch my hair, when you tell me to do this, or when you touch me like this, or you give me the roles that are stereotypical thinking that that's something that, that I would like, because, you know, I understand that in that conversation, in those moments, they were trying to relate and trying to make me feel comfortable. But in actuality, it did the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to create a space that people could come as they were. Not only that, dance is very expensive. Mm-hmm. My mother worked two, three jobs in order for me to be able to dance. And so I wanted to create an environment where money wasn't the driving force, but you would still be able to get a quality dance education. And so that's when I created I Am Dance uh, and we fundraised and parents could easily spend 2000 to $3,000 a month just on dance. And so dance in itself is, is an, an equitable art form. And in order for us to give people what they need to be successful, we have to find ways to offset those costs because not everyone is coming from the same background. Did you ever teach any mm-hmm. of those dance? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I taught. I, yeah, I taught the dance classes. I taught several dance classes. We had a competitive dance team where we won national titles. Uh, so yeah, we were, we were, we were doing well. We were doing well. And the only reason we closed was, you know, because I left. You were involved with OPA Omaha Performing Arts for a number of years. What did you learn there? And what was your experience like when you were there? Yeah. Well, I had my former boss, Joan Squires, who's the president of Omaha Performing Arts. Having a female boss in a male-dominated industry is a lot. And I just watched how she would walk in a room and how she could command a presence. And a lot of it was, I mean, she was mentoring just by example, and she had this line, how she would kill me. She'd say, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask for, you gotta ask for forgiveness. And oh yeah. Sure. And, yeah. and I like to think, and I don't know that this is true, but I like to think that she probably got to where she's at a lot of times by asking for forgiveness and that permission, because sometimes not everyone sees the vision that you have. And it's okay that they don't see that vision, but if you get caught up in what they say, you may not achieve what it is that's that's meant for you. And so um, my experience was great. I love it. I loved it there. I had an opportunity to, with my um, with my counterpart um, Andy Casano, 
create Voices Amplified, and this was on the heels of uh, the murder of George Floyd. And we put out a statement, I say we like I'm still there. They put out a statement that said, Black stories matter, Black voices matter, Black lives matter. And we did not want it to be a hollow statement. We can write whatever, but we have to actually put dollars and action to that. And so that meant looking at who we partner with, looking at the work that we bring and bringing it to the community, because sometimes the building itself can be a barrier. Just little things like that. And just given she she gave a lot of her and Arnold. Uh, Arnold is uh, is I would I call him the second in, in command. <laughs> he gave me a lot of latitude to, to do what it is that we needed to do to um, be authentically in, in communities of color. So as I mentioned at the biography at the beginning of the program, you have a really, really cool job on Broadway. I mean, that's surreal, right? It Being is. on Broadway. It is. Oh my God, it is. There, yeah, I was on my flight here uh, yesterday and I just had this moment just of recalling everything like my my life up into now and I was just like man this is awesome a little girl grown up North Omaha born to a single parent had a child in college early in college at uh, 19 20 years old I was not supposed to be here statistically statistically I should not have made it and I should not have ascended to where I am and to be here knowing my story, it's awesome. It, it, it really is, it's, it's surreal. And being able to walk the red carpet, just, I, the piano lesson just opened with, um, produced by one of my good friends, uh, Brian Moreland, uh, starring Samuel L. Jackson, uh, John David Washington, Danielle Brooks and, April Mathis and just a, a, a lot of who's who. Oh yeah. That's, and wow. I walked the red carpet. We walked the red carpet, my partner and I, um, he and I walked the red carpet. Magic and Cookie Johnson are like right <laughs> in front of us. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Starstruck. You know, I see Whoopi Goldberg and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it, it, it was, it was, it's such a surreal moment. And then to be able to honor like Leslie Uggams and Ben Vereen and, and, and to hug them. It's just like, I look at where I started and I would have never imagined that I'd be able to be where I'm at right now, being able to affect change on such a, on such a global level. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit with your role what are the challenges? What are the successes that you've had? Talk a little bit about your journey so far in that role. Well, you know, I would say that the fact that they knew that this was important to create this role. And during a pandemic, when Broadway was shut down. A very tough time on Broadway. No money <laughs> because there was not there was nothing going on and we had no idea when we would be able to, you know, open. And so they created this role because they knew it was important. And not just on stage, but behind the scenes. When you're looking at the producers, you're looking at uh, costume designers, you're looking at 
you know, your financial officers and your marketing and how you market and being authentic. So the fact that they have the, the no to create this, um, this role it was one. The other, I would say the other things that I am, I'm very proud of is that we now require all Tony voters to take an unconscious bias. They have to go through unconscious bias training in order to be a Tony voter. So if they don't go through this training, then they're not able to vote. Uh, and I think that's significant because, I mean, it's called unconscious for a reason. You don't know that you have these hidden biases and for you to have to explore them before you go and you vote. I would say the Tonys, the last, this this past Tony, um, actually Amber Ruffin, who's also from Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, her sister, like, her Lacey. sister, Lacey, yeah. who graduated from Central, who's a great friend of mine helped to write the Tonys this year. Uh, So we are diversifying not just on stage, but behind the scenes. You know, when you look at challenges, you have to realize that this is an industry that has operated successfully. It's a billion dollar industry that has operated successfully in the way that it's operated. And to say, okay, we have to change up things. That's a scary business move because you are a billion dollar industry and you're saying we have to change and we have to be more equitable. We have to be more inclusive. And how does that change the, the bottom line? Because at the end of the day, you're still a business. Mm -hmm. And for them to say, you know what, we don't, we don't care how this is going to affect our business. Uh, This is an integrity thing. And this is what we need to do. And this is what we must do. There are times that people probably are scared and apprehensive, but. Well, there's some uncertainty there. Yeah. Like you said, it's a business decision. And yeah, but they push through because they know it's the right thing to do. And integrity is everything. It's about doing what's right. Even when people aren't watching, how do you move? And you were the first in this position Right. So in a lot of ways, one, you're hitting the ground running, but two, you're having to come up with a whole, your whole work schedule. So talk us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, the first thing I did when I was hired, um, my boss, uh, Charlie St. Martin, who's the president of the league, she's like, I want you to go on a listening tour. So I took my first 90 days and I met with so I would say hundreds of people. And I just listened. I said, okay, I'm doing a SWOT analysis. What are our strengths? (laughs) What are our weaknesses? What are our opportunities? What are our threats? You know, what do you see my role as? How can we come alongside and assist you to be more equitable, more inclusive, more diverse? And I did that and I listened and I had two five subject notebooks full <laughs> of it because I'm old school of, <laughs> of interviews and conversations. And from that, I created a white paper, a strategic plan, and I presented it to um, to Charlotte and to our, our board president, Lauren uh, Reed, and said, this is this is the direction I'd like to go. And this is where I see us needing 
work. One of it being communications. We have a lot of programs that already exist. There, there are like 14 EDI programs, uh, equity, diversity, inclusion um, initiatives that were already on the books, but the public didn't necessarily know about it. And so it's like, we have these treasures, but Mm -hmm. people don't know how to access them. And not only that, people think of Broadway just being in New York and Broadway is international. You know, there's Michael, I just saw uh, on online the other day that MJ, the musical will be opening in, in London. And I know Moulin Rouge just opened in Australia. And I believe Frozen is somewhere in, in Europe. So Broadway is international. And so we have to recognize the, the footprint that we have and the influence, the cachet that, that comes with being Broadway to really change the direction of, of theater. You, as I understand, have your own podcast yes. as well. Talk to us about that. Yes, it's called The Black Business of Broadway, and it's through the uh, Black to Broadway initiative at the Broadway League, uh, sponsored by United Airlines. You know, I got to get all those little plugs in, right? <laughs> uh, and the Broadway Podcast Network. And it highlights the successes, the how-tos, and the stories of the Black creatives, producers, and legends of of Broadway and it's to let folks know that Broadway is everywhere. Broadway starts regional. And I don't think people realize that. There are people in their bedrooms who are writing scripts, who are creating designs, who are making costumes and they are taking them to theaters and it's producers who go around and there are other individuals who go around and they say, "Hey, you know, I like that and I think I want to workshop it and I want to bring it to Broadway. And it's workshopped across, you know, the country before it even makes its move to Broadway. And so Broadway happens right where we are and we have to we have to recognize that and we have to do our due diligence and support regional theater, uh, local theater, uh, because that's how it makes its way to to Broadway. It starts locally, not all the time, but most times. You are about to be inducted into the Central High School Hall of Fame. Do you remember where you were when you found out that you were going to be inducted and kind of the emotions you were feeling when that happened? Yes, I I was at work. I opened my email and I was like, what? And I'm like, oh, my God, holy crap. I probably said something else. But uh, and I had a little freak out moment. And I was just like, are you serious? Because jokingly, about a year or two ago, I had said, they, they had announced, and I was like, oh, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. What do I got to do to get in the <laughs> Hall of Fame? And I was joking, but, but to be here, it is, it's, it's humbling. And uh, like I said, I have a long legacy with Central, starting with my grandfather back in the a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you're when the school's around for 163 years, I mean, hey, yeah, that's... exactly. And I mean, I remember going to my locker and looking at you know all these faces and names and wondering their stories and how they got there. And I hope that you know someone will will see my face and and want to know my story and know that they too are at the right place at the right time, um, at the right school. For success, like I said, you know, eagles soar, we fly high. 
So it's it's such an honor to be inducted and to be with, there with Jenny, my classmate, you know, um, and Stephanie, who actually lives like 15 minutes away from me. Oh, does she really? That's cool. <laughs> and so it's 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 awesome. I mean, we may all be gone, but we are still there's so many full circle moments that you have and so many people that I run into in New York that went to Central, like Ray Mercer, who is in The Lion King. Um, I believe he's like 21 years, 22 years in The Lion King. He is a graduate of Central. And it's it's amazing. And we all, when we talk about Central, the, the love that we still have for our high school, it's like no other. If you can share, are there any upcoming projects or things that you're excited about? Oh my gosh. Uh there, there are so many things that I am excited about that we have uh, coming. I'm trying to think, what can I share without See, without so when I, in trouble? We've had Stephanie <laughs> on the show and uh-huh. I had, you know, when she was here, there's only so much she can say yeah. about what she's going to be doing. So uh, I completely understand. Yeah. No, you know, I will say this. Just be on the lookout in the summer. There will be some, there'll be some great announcements with some great, great partnerships. Uh, And yeah, just, just keep it, just keep your eye out. A lot of great things happening on Broadway. So usually I like to end by asking a favorite central memory and we can do that if you want, but I think what would be cool here is what is your favorite Broadway show or musical and why? That's like asking me my favorite sibling. <laughs> um, I love them all. Uh, and uh, I think that we need to continue to support Broadway. You have Broadway that comes here. I don't want perform. I think the Temptations are here right now. They are. Uh, which is a great show to go see as well. Um, I, I, they're all my favorite. I can't pick. I, oh my gosh, I can't pick. I can't pick. They're all my favorite. Um, I'll give you a favorite memory at Central though. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, one of my favorite memories at Central was the was the Black History program that I that I that I choreographed and helped to put together um, under Mrs. Jo- Mrs. Johnson, who's passed away uh, under her guidance, and it's a great memory because it was that year that I also went to New York and saw my first Broadway musical live, Five Guys Named Mo, where I saw every I saw a cast of all black folks and I'd never seen an, a full cla- full cast like that, except for like The Wiz, but I didn't see it on Broadway. That was, you know, movie, fictional. And so that is my favorite memory because Mrs. Johnson during that time instilled in me that I could do anything and that I wasn't too young. And Miss Farr, who I guess is now Ms. Martinez, <laughs> Those two individuals, I would say, are a part of my favorite uh, parts of of Central. And I don't even know if Ms. Farr even would remember, or Ms. Martinez would even remember my paper, or even remember me, but I surely remember her. That's awesome. Janine, thank you for coming on the show today, and best of luck on your future endeavors. Thank you so much for having me, Josh, and Eagles Fly High! (laughs) 
Once again, I want to extend a big thank you to today's guest, 1994 alumna Janine Scott. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed episode 10 of Eagle Tales. We would love to hear what you thought of this episode by emailing us at connect at chsfomaha.org or by reaching out to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for the Central High School Foundation. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can be notified of new episodes as they are released. A complete library of previous episodes can also be found on our website. Again, that's chsfomaha.org. And remember, near or far, you are always part of the Central High School family. Go Eagles! Go Eagles!